Well, hello, Core Nation. It is Greg Gale out in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona, and today we are talking about executing the plan for your best year ever, how to keep your mindset right while reigniting the basics. Wow, that's a long title. I'm surprised if anyone actually read that whole thing. So, uh, look, executing your plan for the best year ever. So we all some of you were at the summit in November. Some of you have already done your business plan. Some people still need to do their business plan. But we take time to do our plan for the year, and we need to ensure that we have the best plan in place to then execute on that plan. So getting our mindset right in regards to how to execute on our plan. So first of all, that you've done your plan, is it written out, rewritten, easily legible, easy followable, and that you have it available at your fingertips. So keep a copy at your desk. Keep a copy in your car. Keep a copy in your closet. Keep a copy electronically on your phone and have it available. Review it. Weekly should be the most you go looking at it. So back many years ago when I used to do the the business planning, do the Wheel of Life, do the one-page business plan, I'd do it, and then I wouldn't look at it for six months, sometimes not even until the end of the year when I look back and say, did I hit my goals? And I would be way off from my target. Now when I look at it, I'm hitting those goals and then adding more because I'm constantly looking at every week. I have a reminder in my calendar every Monday that says review 2019 business plan and wheel of life. So Monday at 6 a.m., so it's the first pop-up on my phone. And so it sits there on my phone, and then it's also – in my office computer, when I turn it on, it says review your plan, and I have a folder on the side right in my blue beast that I slide out, and I look at my business plan. Now, I might not pick anything to knock out that week, but I am looking at it. So, one, make sure you have that ready to be available. I've been reading this book, and it's called With Winning in Mind, and, and I'll give props to the guy. His name's Lanny Basham, B-A-S-S-H-A-M, and I'm still reading through it, but I'll tell you, there was a couple things he brought into play, which was what percentage of your business is mental? And then he asks, how much do you actually practice the mental game? We relate a lot of our coaching around sports analogies, and you think of players like Tiger Woods or Tom Brady, and these guys have um, mental imagery training. They have sports psychology coaches to work on the mind aspect of their game. Yet for us, I don't know how many of you actually practice the art of visualization, of seeing yourself closing X number of deals or seeing yourself winning the listing appointment or winning over the agent or getting a deal from the CPA, that we're actually seeing that happening and visualizing ourselves you know, maybe it's public speaking. And I was just talking to Teddy, one of the level three concierges, and he was telling me about, you know, those fears that creep up and then having the positive talk with yourself before and rather than say, man, I'm I'm really nervous about this talk, it's more around I bring value. These people want to hear me speak. These people came to hear me speak. I add value and things like that because – Whether I think negative or think positive, the outcome will still be the same. The negative thoughts, they'll actually make, could actually make my outcome worse. The positive could make it better. But, you know, let's say we're, we're, I'm fear of flying. 
no matter what my thoughts are, the plane's going to land or not land. So if I think negative, I'm just stressed out the entire flight, but the outcome never changed. I did not impact the turbulence, the pilot, or anything. But my positive thoughts, they just impact my feelings during the flight. And so I want you to think of what is that thought process you have when you go into your VIP calls, when you go into your top 40 calls, when you go into your Tuesday update calls. Are you thinking positive? Are you thinking, yeah, I'm going to get some current client referrals. I'm going to get some more appointments. I'm going to have a successful open house. I'm going to get a bunch of leads. And seeing that outcome in mind. I think that there's a the, another thing that he talks about in this book with winning in mind was your amount of effort. Uh, I just had a call earlier today with a student, and they said, yeah, I'm trying to do um, 100 talk tos And I said, man, that's great, but it's not manageable, right? I need it to be – there's a reason why the greatness tracker is 60 calls, 15 face-to-faces, and five break breads. There's a reason for that. And if there was any more on there, would you possibly generate more leads, more business? Yes, but my follow-up's going to go down. I will then put in more hours. I'm more susceptible to burnout. And in the sports analogy, you think of a golf swing. If someone tries to muscle the ball, muscle the swing, swing harder, swing faster, they get out of rhythm and it's an errant shot. If they swing too light, too soft, again, it throws them out of rhythm, not a predictable shot. But when they swing in the same pattern, trusting that process, and they're in that middle zone, then they have a successful shot. Well, for us, the success is at that 60 mark for talk tos, having those impactful conversations, asking for business on the majority of those calls having the 20 face-to-faces, so 15 face-to-face, five that are actually breaking bread. That's the perfect combination that allows me to have good follow-up, uh, to have optimum level of energy and engagement. So there's a perfect level of effort that we want to be putting in. And understand that you can be an excess that's detrimental long-term. I want you to think in, in terms of practice. We talked a, I talked a little earlier about visualization. And so for me, you need to have that moment of thinking of the end in mind. So uh, like with this, I want it to be, I'm visualizing before the call that I'm relaxed, that I'm providing quality information, and that people get at least one or two things from the call. That's it. That for me is a successful meeting, and I'm good. Now, do I get the little butterflies or tingles before the call? Of course but I manage it through thinking of the positive outcome at the end of the hour. Now, how many times are we practicing? Thinking not just that imagery, but the role playing. So I've talked about these topics before, so I'm comfortable with them. If you're not comfortable asking for appointments, then you just haven't asked enough and you haven't role played enough. So grab someone else on your team, grab someone else in your office, grab someone else on your coaching calls and role play with them. So me and my team role play every day. We role play when it's Tuesday update day, how I'm going to ask for a referral, how they're going to ask for a referral. We're role playing on TBD day. Okay, hey, I'm the agent that you're calling on the pre-qualified buyer that you just left a voicemail. What are you going to say? Ring, ring. And by doing that it, around us as friends and family, it actually seems a little more high pressure. 
because they're like a little embarrassed, right? But then they laugh, they mess up, I say, do it again, ring, 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 ring. I mess up. But I'd rather mess up in practice than when the money counts. And so to give you a, a statistic, we've been doing the practice and role-playing, working on closing skills, objections, uh, hard for for almost a year. It would be March. And last year, we almost doubled. It was 90% increase from our lead to close ratio. And I attribute it through the training, but the consistent daily practice of the role playing. And so I want you to think, where can you add five or 10 minutes before your calls to role play? Now, if I don't have anybody around, I can shoot a video into my phone and then delete it later of me role playing an interaction with booking an appointment with a realtor or booking an appointment with a CPA or asking for a CCR. There's plenty of scripts out there, and scripts can be very natural if you practice them a whole bunch. And there's a certain rhythm to your voice, the inflection, the strategic pauses, the, you know, that handful of questions that you're going to ask a client to keep them engaged when they've been pre-qualified for six months and you're still calling to see how's the shopping, do you have a timeline, time frame in mind, I want you to think of, what can I be asking now that's impactful that keeps them tied into me? And then what's something I can talk to the agent about to help them? Or if I'm the realtor, how am I getting that current client referral from that listing appointment, that, that listing I have that I'm giving them an update about the showings and what's going on, or that buyer that I've got in the car that's on the home search that I'm just touching base with, we're coming out of the new year. How do I stay engaged with those people? But practicing with others around you to get those to be very comfortable. And then I'm not as fearful jumping on the phone. My conversion's way higher. And a lot of that comes from the confidence that's built from having that system in place of practice. Now, we got to be thinking about this is where it goes back into that mindset. You're going to have confidence when the time block comes up that says, I got to make my VIP calls. I got to make my, you know, past client calls. And you're just, I go right into it. Hey, let's, let's script practice real quick before I jump on these past client calls because I want to increase the engagement and thus the conversion of those calls. Now, another thing that he was talking about was when you're making corrections, um, with people, right? So maybe it's your team, maybe it's your transaction coordinator, um, that it's always done in a positive manner. Now, Rick taught me this a long time ago. He called it the love sandwich. He's like, hey, I love how you're doing that, those activities. Here's what you need to improve on. Hey, keep it up. And so you would start off with some positive reinforcement, then give them the correction, and then something positive to pump them up on the way out. And so... The, Lenny brings it up and talks about how in the martial arts it's probably one of the most successful in regards to having this positive mindset because most correction is done that way. And most of you know I've done martial arts since 91. That's a long time. And it was always based that way. I never figured it out until he just brought it up. I was like, man, Master Fisher was spot on. And that's how he taught me how to coach my students. And he always said, hey, you got to start off. All correction is with a positive. Hey, I like how you stood. Man, you took great action. Dude, you move really quick. And then, bam, here's what I need you to fix. Hey, great job fixing that. 
let's go on to the next thing. So I'll bring that back around too. When you get that level of confidence, there's a phrase that um, it's actually from this as well. He said, amateurs practice until they win. Professionals practice until they can't lose. So my nine-year-old comes up to me the other day and said, "Hey, Dad, I want to I want to do some karate." And I was like, "Sure, buddy." You know, and I don't I've never taught him. I teach him a little bit, but nothing crazy. He's learned a couple styles when he was younger, five, six, seven, and stopped. And I wasn't pushing him. So he came and said, "I want to learn." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I show him, and my daughter comes in. She's she's eight, and so I show her. Um, and and he's like he's like, "Hey, your hand just does the same thing every time." the same pattern I'm showing him. And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, mine's not. <laughs> I said, dude, you've done it twice. I've done it like 10,000 times. He's like, oh, that's funny. I go, no, dude, 10,000 times. Because it's about the basics and just repeating them a whole bunch. By now, all of you watch Rick's video. We've all been assigned the book. You've probably finished the book, Chop Wood, Carry Water, Falling in Love with the Process. And, I mean, look, I probably learned maybe a dozen basic movements in martial arts that then compiled into a thousand different techniques. But they were all the same basics, an elbow, a punch, a kick. And But, I mean, the, you watch how I move or strike or block, and it's just like my muscles travel the same exact path every time because that's just how I was trained. And it's the same when certain things come my way, like objections or scripts or whatever, like my my – scripting around that my responses are very similar the same time the same every time because that's just what i do all the time but i've practiced that so if i rewound myself five years ago it wouldn't sound the same as it does now and it's just way better way more polished for those of you seen my videos you can go back to the videos from call it 2008 9 where i had hair and was like stumbling and it was not confident, not good posture. And then you look now, you're like, wow, those videos are pretty smooth. Well, because it's been, you know, call it nine or ten years of videos. Okay. Now, let's talk about um, – I'm going to keep going. And, again, the, the, the title here is Reigniting Your Basics. And I just talked about that process. And for us, the process is the theme days. And I think also our process is the laws. And so we have our lists where we have our lender laws and we have our realtor laws. So I want to make sure that we are staying true to those. And so first let's just start with the theme days and making sure that no matter what, it first starts with having it in your calendar. So if you open up your calendar, is it in there? Like as a lender, I need four hours on Monday. Four hours for sure. Now, I block it up two and two. I don't go four straight hours. I need the break. I need to go out and check in with people. I need to let my assistant come in and let me know if there's anything I need to address. Two hours is good for me to be disconnected from everything. Four is a long time. So that's just me. So I do two, take my little break, and then come back in for two. We have to watch our distractions, right? So real quick, you can write down right now, what distracts you? What is that thing or things that interrupt? Someone barges in in your door. 
maybe it's you get distracted. Like you check your email when you're a half hour into your calls. You allow your brain to travel and say, oh, I better do this. Kind of like me, I just go two hours before I say, hey, I got to go talk to everybody. I got to check in with the world, and then I'll come back to it. So what is that for you, right? And then how do I better prepare? So it first starts with it's in your calendar. The next is making sure you've told everybody, like, hey, team, I'm going down. I literally text messaged my wife 10 minutes before the call and said, hey, I'm on an open line call from 1 to 2, FYI. That way I know she's not going to blow up my phone, text me, expect a call back, talk to the girls up front. I'm being proactive with my communication. There's a sign outside my door that says, do not disturb, and it says, conference call. And then it's in my calendar, and I told my whole team. So I'm blocked out. No one's interrupting me for this hour. And I want you to think, what kind of priority are you putting on it? So here's an example. Think about, let's say it's your spouse, your kid, mom or dad, someone, let's say it's your spouse. Spouse calls you and says, so my spouse is Katie. Katie calls me and says, hey, we need to have a talk, a serious talk about our relationship. I just, I got some stuff in my brain. I, I, I'm not happy with where we're at and I need, um, we're probably going to need a couple of hours. I don't know. Can you, can you make time for me on Monday? I'm like moving mountains, moving everything, and I'll put it in there, and there'll be four hours blocked for a Monday. And then during that time, so your time with your significant other that just said that to you, are you going to check your phone? Are you going to check your emails? Are you going to check Facebook, cruise Instagram? Let anyone interrupt you at that time. Heck no. So I'm not saying your 40 calls or your VIP calls are that important, but they're pretty close. So why is it that I can be put in an environment where I'm across the table from my spouse and we're having a discussion and I'm never interrupted? My brain doesn't get, well, if it gets distracted, it comes right back, let's be honest. But it's not for a while. I don't feed into the distraction and then exit out. I'm right there all in. Yet when it comes to the theme days, we have a problem. Uh, I didn't get it today. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Oh, I just did. Oh, I did half. It's okay. It's not okay. You need to reset your mindset and say, this takes a priority, and I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to fit it in. And it starts with being in your calendar. If it can be in your calendar, then nothing else is going to interrupt you. You just put it in there. Don't let it all interrupt you. And then, like I said, are you prepared? Turning off notifications. Making sure the email is not even up. Do you have your CRM? Do you have your list? Are you using some sort of phone burner, mojo, some dialing system so it's quicker? Um, do you have your snacks? Have you used the restroom? Is the door closed? I have a student that goes to his car. He says, hey, man, I just keep getting distracted. Okay. He's like, can I go in my car? I'm like, go in your car. He goes in his car, turns on the AC, he kicks back, he's in there in a nice comfy seat, and he dials. Hey, whatever works. I have one that says, did my team keeps interrupting me? And I'm like, what? And I kept going on and on and on. I said, dude, buy a squirt gun. He bought a squirt gun. They stopped coming in. I'm like, okay, whatever it takes, but I'm, you got to figure out what is it that is keeping you from completing the theme days. Okay, in a second, I'm going to have them open up the line. If you need to ask a question, want to ask a question, hit star one to be put in the queue, and then you will get called on when you're in the queue. So like I said, if you have a question, hit star one now, and then we'll let you in. Uh, last thing I'll talk about with the theme days. So Go into your calendar, put the theme days. So mine says two hours, two hours says 
you know, calls on Monday, calls on Monday. Uh, it's recurring, and then I make them green. So you can color code your theme days, your your Outlook calendars. And so I color code it green for green time. It's in there. My team knows not to book over any of that stuff. So you could put in there, do not book over without my permission, which is what I do in my Tuesday update calls. And make sure you have ample time. Now, on your update calls, you're going to have different times because your pipelines are different sizes. So I block three hours. Now, if you think it's going to be, let's say, two, block two and a half. If the conversations go a little longer, that's okay. It allows me to mingle on the call a little bit and not feel pressured. It also allows me, if I don't get a lot of contacts, don't mingle a lot, everyone's just in a rush and I'm done, okay, then I got done a half hour, 45 minutes early, and now I can make more calls. I can go grab my whale list. I can go grab another prospect list. I can clear off my desk. I can do something else. But I'd rather overestimate the time and bring it in short than underestimate and you just kind of cram it and then like, oh, I didn't finish. I'll finish later. And you never finish later. Always block your times as early in the morning as possible. We'll talk about morning routine in a bit. But if you block it later in the day, the chances of not getting done are just higher because the day just runs you over. If I can do team meeting and then phone calls, that's a way more successful day. So 90% of the time, you can come in, get your task done, have your team meeting, and then hit the calls way better. Because now you know you can just check the box. You're like, I had a successful day. I hit my theme days. Filled out a bunch in your greatness tracker. Now the rest of your day can be set for appointments or catch-up or a class or whatever. Okay, uh, Stephanie, let's go ahead and open up if there's anybody in the queue. If there's not, I'll just keep going. Okay, we do have Greg. Your line is now open. Oh, hey, good afternoon, Greg. Um, my name is Greg. How are you doing today? So that's easy to remember. I'm well. How are you? What's your question? Okay, so my Mondays, for example, this Monday on my age, my realtor theme, I spoke to about 31 agents. Now, I Alex. did pay attention to, yes, yeah, so I did pay attention to uh, what you said that you want to just hit a certain amount so we can cater better, our follow-up is better. Um, however, my Mondays kind of shapes my week, and um, I feel the realtor calls um, going above the 10 a day. It, I, I feel it's okay to do. Do you recommend that I should maybe wind it down a little bit? Well, so you're making your 40 up on calls on Monday, right? Yes, I mean, I make over 40, but actually I I connect with more. So, you know, it looks like we have 10 a day. So what I'm saying is, do you think I should, once I speak with 10 agents or anybody that day, I should just, to give better follow-up and make sure I connect on a better level, the, max cap it out at 10 and that's it? Or is it okay to do these crazy 30 conversations in a day? Well, I think 30 in a day is okay. You just can't do it every day, right? So you're, we're tasked to call 40 agents on Monday as a lender. If you connected with 31 of the 40, that's okay. But I'm stopping at 40 because, no, I don't need to talk to any more than that because you're right. I need to do my follow-up. Plus, you have other stuff going on because that's a good four-hour or plus clip, right? It was three hours. Yeah, and so then the following day, I don't know how many agents I'm talking to because it depends. It's my Tuesday update day. So it's how many buyer and listing agents you have on the deal on your Tuesday updates, again, as a lender. Um, so any more than that, 
again, you've got 60 top twos you want to have in a week where you're asking for referrals, having impactful conversations. That's on the greatness tracker. If I tried to do 10 more a day on top of the top twos I had on Monday, it might end up being too many. And like you said, it might, I think it diminishes my follow-up, which then diminishes my impact. And we're more about depth going narrow and deep versus wide and superficial. Okay, help? got it. Yeah, so you do recommend I should maybe dial down a little bit then? Yeah, absolutely. Got it. Thanks, Greg. Okay, you're welcome. Stephanie, you got anybody else? Yes, next we have MK Bruce. Your line is open. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, awesome. Thanks, brother. Hey, quick question for you. And in this, um, the the biggest thing I obviously struggle with was um, I I'm new in the business, my going into my third year, and as I'm making these calls, um, I'm having some of the agents say, "Hey, you call me every single Monday." Um, I don't have anything right now. I, one question is, you know, what do you do with that as far as calling every single Monday with the realtors who don't necessarily want to call? Uh, and then two. Um, I, it was a great idea. I, I loved how you said that you had a squirt gun for some of your students or whatnot uh, that were coming in and bothering you. But I've had the hardest time struggling with building a team and then setting those expectations that I'm going to follow these theme days every single day when there's always constantly a fire. So I guess just touching on both of those. Sure. Well, I mean, so, I mean, in regards to the call, if someone says, don't call me every Monday, I'm not calling every Monday. Right? I'm just, that would irritate them. I'd say, hey, that, that's cool. I mean, how about I, I, I don't want to be, please don't take my persistence as annoyance. I just want to make sure I'm taking great care of you. If, if weekly is too much, I totally get it. How about this? I'll call you when I have events or classes or something important to tell you and just check in from time to time. But it, it will not be weekly, maybe even every two weeks. How's that? I just want to get their permission. Like, what's going on, right? I just had this person that says, man, there's a lot of core people in my town. I literally had a realtor light me up and and just clump me into every lender and just say, oh, my God, you must be with the core. I get so many calls. And I said, what should I do? I said, well, don't call her again. Just obey her wishes. Write a handwritten apology. Say, thanks for letting me know. I'm here if anything ever goes wrong. The reason your phone's blowing up is because you're a highly respected, top-producing agent. I would love to work with you, but I will not call you. Bye. And then she's off your list. Done. Like, she told you that. There's plenty of agents out there. Now, to your next point, I look at it like this. I can clearly communicate and put and set boundaries, right? Hey, guys, I'm going to go in for two hours to make some phone calls so I can bring in some more leads so we can always make more money. And then I'll come out in two hours. Now, look, if my wife calls and my kid just fell off the swing and broke their arm, you have permission to break down the door. But if it's, hey, someone's calling because their closing costs changed by 100 bucks, okay, I'll call them in two hours. Right. Right? And, look, it's two hours when I start. By the time you have a problem or a fire, there's like 20 minutes left in my two-hour block. So don't think it's okay. It's, but that just means it's 20 minutes. Hey, Greg's tied up. He'll be done in about 20 minutes. Is this the best number to reach you at? Now, normally, the, the fire could be put up by somebody else. But if that's not the case in your situation, it has to be you, that's okay. Is 20 minutes okay? Great. Or, hey, he's going to be free at 2 o'clock. Like if someone calls right now, they're not getting me. Hey, Greg's tied up. He'll be free in about 30 minutes. Is that okay? Or it's going to be, hey, you know what? He's getting off. Uh, he'll get off a call. 
He's got two appointments back-to-back. He's got to drive to his 3 o'clock. Can he call you on the drive? Sure. What's this in regards to? Oh, I can help you with that. Or, oh, yeah, that's him. I'll have him call you. Is this the best phone number? Expect a call from his cell. He'll be driving. It'll be before 3 o'clock. Cool? Great. So it's crystal clear expectations that I set, but then my team sets. So in that, but do you feel that was a respectful response to the person that's wanting my time? That's awesome. And the team setting those expectations, so that's great. Yeah. That's so helpful. The Tuesday updates, are you calling those or is your team calling? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I call those, brother. Yeah. So you, you are the salesperson for the team. You call those. Now, I, when I'm now right now, I mean, honestly, we're closing like 15 deals, so I can call them all. There's times where I have the team called buyers, so your highly skilled LP2s, the LP2 direct submits, they can be calling buyers, but lockdown for sure, the LO or the agent team lead is calling the the person, right, the agent. So I'm calling my buyer's agents. I'm calling the listing agents. Perfect. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. You're welcome. All right, Stephanie, I'll open up another batch later, so let me keep going, and then we'll open up another round for questions. Let's go into routines. So we want to get literally addicted to the mundane repetition of everything we do. And I always say all the time, but let's just say 90% of the time, like 90% percent of the time you should have an end time now you might have one late night a week you might have a certain thing on the weekend but i'm saying that 90 percent of the time you're leaving the office at a certain time at night you're getting in at a certain time during the day it should be very redundant right you want to just get addicted to the redundant boredomness of it right now when you do have that set time you should make sure you're getting ample sleep and rest now, I get six hours. So I'm at like 10, I'm going to sleep. Four, I'm up. Now, I know that sounds early. But I'm the, and we'll talk about it, but I get up, I have a morning routine, I go to the gym, I come back, then I wake up the family, get everyone going, drop one off at school, get to the office at the same time, and then I have the same routine. So for me, that's my routine. Now, you might say, dude, I got, man, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, I sleep till 6, fine. But get six, seven, eight's a lot, but six, seven hours of sleep. When you wake up, do not hit the snooze button. I'm going to give you a study. So the study done. That said, it takes about 70 to 90 minutes of a sleep cycle to complete, to go through a whole sleep cycle. And so you go through about three or four a night that you'll actually hit a full sleep cycle. But if you wake up, like let's say I wake up at four, let's say we, you wake up at seven, and you're like, I'm going to get 15 more minutes, and you fall asleep, back asleep in the morning and you do not go through a full hour and a half, that 90-minute sleep cycle, your brain will not function at its full level for four hours. So it's 7 in the morning. You hear the little alarm. You wake up. You get a little groggy. Like, oh, I'm going to get 15 more minutes. And hit the button. Hit the little thing on your phone. Tell your spouse, wake me up in 20 minutes. And you, do di- and you dip back into sleep, but you do not hit the 90 minutes. Four-hour brain fog, Four hour, no coffee, no Adderall, no nothing is going to get you through that. So I want you to remember that next time you go to hit the snooze button, be like, man, Greg told me about that study. I don't want four hours of brain fog. I'm getting up. Now, there's another book. It's a bestseller, uh, number one 
self-published Amazon uh, Audible book was uh, Mel Robbins, the gal, and she wrote the five-second rule. And she said that when your subconscious is about to take over, which is hit the snooze button, I can go back to sleep, right, or I'm about to get really mad right now, you count five, four, three, two, one in your head. That brings your thought to the frontal, prefrontal cortex, which is your decision-making, where you then can make the choice, and then you make the choice to do what you're supposed to be doing. So alarm goes off, you, you're reaching for it, and you go, five, four, three, two, one, get up, and you just get up. You take action. Because by bringing the thought to the frontal lobe, you're able to make a choice. When you don't bring it, the, the back of your brain, right, that subconscious is, is just going, go to bed, dude. You deserve it. You already worked out hard yesterday. You can afford it. Lay back down, buddy. Grab the pillow. Doesn't happen. You can't do it because I don't want the four-hour fog. I've been doing that for a very long time. I never knew the study behind it. So sometimes that helps people when they have the actual study behind it. Okay, uh, so having the morning routine. So I wake up and I literally start with gratitude. And I'm talking gratitude like I'm thankful I'm in my house. I'm thankful I have fake grass. I don't have to mow it. I'm thankful I get to go to the gym and work out with my buddy today. I'm thankful that my spouse is sleeping right next to me, that my daughter was super happy when I grabbed her from gymnastics last night. Like I'm thankful for right the warm shower I'm going to take, like, the workout I'm going to have, like whatever. Just start with that. It gets your day going and your brain is like a little antenna and it puts out a frequency and it takes in a frequency and the more I put the attention and exercise that muscle of positivity and gratefulness gratitude then the more I'm going to not only attract it but the more those are just the things I'm going to pick up on when you think negative you pick up on the negative now we all have those people sometimes we are those people where because they're the Debbie Downers they just always see the glass half empty. So when someone makes a statement, they're like, ah, oh, that was super critical. And you're like, wow, that was a good point. And you're like, why am I thinking so positive? Well, one of the things was for 20-something years, I was groomed to find the positive before I corrected anybody when I taught them martial arts. That's what I figured out by reading this dude's book. Now, where do we need to take that is how do we do that gratitude in the morning Write it down. So you've all heard it. Have a gratitude journal. I don't care if you write on a piece of paper and pitch in the trash. Write it down because it's 70% more ingrained in your brain when you hand write stuff down. It's like 35 or 40% if you type stuff. So if you're like, I want to note, take, but typing, that's okay. Writing it is actually better. Now, after that, you write out your goals. So I will call five realtors today, I will call this whale today, I will make my relationship better with my spouse, I will call my friend, I will get 100 leads, whatever it is, write the goals down. Because again, when you write it, it's just drilled into your brain. Now I'm talking, I'm, re, I'm either rewriting goals right off my wheel or right off my one-page business plan, or it's just something that might have just come up, like, oh yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to eat better today. I'm going to eat better today. I'm going to eat whatever, salmon and vegetables. Um, and then the next is to get moving. So obviously, you know, I go to the gym. Uh, whether it's go for a walk, do some yoga stretches, um, you know, do some push-ups, do some squats, you got to get the fluid moving in your body. 
you got to do something, some sort of activity. If you want to get aggressive, I tell people, go to the gym, hire a trainer, all that kind of stuff. I want to make sure this is something that you guys can actually do and take away. I mean, just do some movement. So if you go online and get top five easy yoga stretches, get that. And just move for like 10 to 15 minutes. Get moving. If the weather's okay, go outside and just walk around the block. Listen to the Mel Robbins book. Listen to uh, your coaching CD while you're going around the block. Just get moving. Do like bring your knee up to your chest and hug it. Like just get stretching and moving. You know, think about it. When you are, think about like a tree, right? They're like young little saplings that are super, super flexible. But as they get older, they get tough rigid, brittle, and snap. That's what our bodies do, right? Think about babies. They're super limber. They can jam their finger in a door, and they're like, ow, and they look at it, and they're like, wow, it went right back into place. Their joints are, like, so malleable, but then as we all get older, we get stiff and rigid. Well, some are more stiff and rigid than others because we can take care of our bodies better. That's also through nutrition, through hydration. So I want you to think when you – reach for that lunch, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to order the pizza. I'm going to hit this sandwich. It's going to make me tired with double cheese. Look, I'm not here to tell you what to eat. I'm just telling you to make better choices because you know, you already know what's going to happen later. So if we all ordered pizza right now, for those that love pizza like me, I would eat it and go, oh, my God, this is so good. And then in three hours, I'm like, man, I wish I didn't do that. And I am not in optimal performance. My listing appointment is not going to be good. That call with the agent is not going to be great. The apology call to the bar is not going to be good. The conversation with the person I have to terminate is not going to be good because I don't have the wherewithal because it's all drained out of me. But I'm sitting here staring at salmon and grilled vegetables that my dude ordered for lunch. And I said, and it's like, smells really good and I'm not eating it. And I eat that. How am I going to feel in two or three hours? So I just made the right choice. We're always making choices. You either chose to go for the pizza, high fat, carb, dairy stuff that makes you lethargic later, or you chose to, hey, I'm just going to eat clean and it's going to help me later. I'm not saying I don't eat the pizza and the waffles and stuff. I'm just saying in optimal performance, you're not going to want it during your business day. So how do you start your day? How are you fueling your body? How are you staying sustained throughout the day? This all goes into our routine. So get to the office the same time every day. Look over your calendar. So your calendar is printed the night before and sitting on your desk. I look at my calendar for today and I said, oh, I have a big meeting at 3 o'clock. I better suit up. So I have my suit jacket with me today. I am prepared for today's battle because I looked at it yesterday. I don't walk in the office and go, oh, man, I got that appointment today. I wish I had brought my jacket. I am prepared. Then I relook at my calendar because something might have happened this morning where someone canceled, got moved around because my team does my calendar. So I walk in. I look at the new calendar. I go, oh, nothing changed. I write some little notes on it. I go over how I want – Maxwell calls it the meeting before the meeting. So I have a meeting with myself before the meeting with the team, and I go over, what are we talking about today? What do I need to go over from yesterday's meeting? What do I have going on that I need to tell them today? What's on my brain today? What are we going to role play today? Today's TBD day, so we went over TBD scripts. What I expected 
out of it. If I don't tell them what to expect, then I don't know what I'm going to get. But if I tell them what I, what I expect, what I expect the scripts to look like, what I expect the CCR count to look like at the end of the day, the contact rate, and by when, I'm setting them and me up for frustration and failure. Now, understanding that after that, like I said, the rest of your day is fair game, but you got to put your theme days in there. And I like in the morning. There's a book for organization, and it's a great one for agents, a great one for lenders. It's a great one to give to your uh, realtor partners and actually teach classes on it is The One Thing by Jay Papazan, to, uh, Keller Williams, Gary Keller. And it talks about in there that your willpower is not on will call. That's where you're kind of depleted in energy and you're not going to be at your highest game in conversion. Um, but then there's another part in there that just talks about knocking out the tough stuff first thing in the day. You just have your highest energy levels first thing in the morning. So get the tough stuff out of the day, which for me is the theme days. So I do the team meeting, delegate as much as you can. Get through your theme day, be like, dude, I'm done. And then after that, you just knock out your appointments. Okay. Having a clear headspace. Um, here, do me a favor. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I want you to write down something that's just weighing on your brain. Maybe it's someone that you keeps creeping in your head that you're like, man, I got to call and have that conversation with him. Maybe it's a friend that you just haven't talked to in a while and you're like, oh, I got to call him. I got to call him. I got to call her. I got to call her. And you just never do. But it keeps creeping in your head. Write it down because I need that done. What happens is these unresolved things are in our head, and if you delay them and don't just get them done quick, then they just sit there, and they occupy space and energy, and you can't give the best you to the person in front of you because this other person is still occupying your space. So my big thing is how fast can I execute on something to get it gone? Now, there's certain things that come up like, hey, you got a project. It's going to take a week to do it and pull numbers and reports or something. Okay, that's something that's just going to – it's there. Now, you can time block and segment it out to negate a lot of the time that sits on your head. But I'm talking about this conversation like, man, I really need to talk to that person about that comment they said. They're not thinking about it, but you are. And it's weighing on you. So what's that thing that you just got to take care of? Write it down and knock that out. And as stuff comes up, I've had my team captain come in and go, hey, we got a problem. Uh, we need to talk about Brett about this thing. And I'm like, okay, get him in here. He's like, now? I go, now. Now, now, my dude knows. He's like, you want me to just call him in? I said, yeah, call him in. Because I'm like, he knows me. And I just want it done. If he says, yeah, we need to talk, I'm like, uh, Okay, how about tomorrow? Oh, I'll get to it later. You're not getting to it. If it doesn't go in your calendar, you're not doing it. If it goes on some list, it's probably not happening. It's got to go in your calendar. Now, look, I will tell you right now on your calendar, white space is the most annoying thing you can have in your calendar because then that's just free time for you, for you to think, what am I going to do right now? It needs to be highly, highly structured. Like my, there's, I tell you mine's color-coded. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it's just it's filled up. There's like all green, red, blue for all the different stuff, but it's just stacked, and that's how it's supposed to be. You cannot have free – now, it has catch up on emails. Catch Mine literally says walk around office at 4.30, so it, it's a task for me to go walk around the office. Otherwise, I'll, I'll leave the day like, wow, I never saw so-and-so because I just kept walking around the office. Okay, here's another exercise. Knowing your hourly rate. So 40 hours, 
a week, which some of you are doing more, but let's just say 40 hours for easy math, 50 weeks because you take two weeks vacation or holidays, that's 2,000 hours a year. So take your GCI or take your W-2 and divide it by 2,000. So for easy math, if someone's at, call it 600 grand, that means they're at 300 bucks an hour. If I'm at 300 grand, I'm at 150 bucks an hour. I'm at 150 grand, I'm at 75 bucks an hour. You gotta think of what am I making per hour? What am I doing? So are you choosing to do the $150 an hour work? Or are you choosing to do $15 an hour work? And and thinking, yeah, but I can do it myself faster. But when you compound the time and effort that you've done to do those things over the year, that's a lot of hours that you did mundane $15 an hour stuff. You could have been doing $150 activity. I met with an agent yesterday. I did this exercise with her. I said, how much did you make off your open houses? It turns out the hours that she spent in the deal she closed, she's at $600 per hour at her open houses. So she tracked how many open houses, how many hours she did them, and how much she made. And she's at 600 bucks. She goes, that makes it so much better when I sit there and no one walks in. Yeah, it does. You're still getting stuff done, but still that activity. Now, if it had been, yeah, I mean, I, nah, that much time I made 10 bucks an hour. Okay, then we need to move over. You're either doing them wrong or we got to do a different activity, right? But you got to know your numbers, and that's the next thing. When you look at your time block and you – when I leave for the day, I look back and I say, how successful was I? What distracted me? What took me off today? And how do I then put a block in place so that doesn't happen again? You need to be doing weekly, monthly, and quarterly reviews of your numbers and your team's numbers to make sure you are maximizing your efficiency. So when I measured my lead to close, I was like, whoa, I need to push that up. And then we almost doubled it. That's crazy. But if I did not put attention on it, then I never would have focused on it. Right now, I'm really hyper-focused on my TBD to close ratio because someone's gone through the effort to give me a bunch of docs, get pre-qualified, say, yes, I'm going to go look for a house, and how many don't close with me, right? Shopped, went somewhere else, just totally went MIA, don't even know. So we should run around 70%. I run at 73 right now. I'm like, how do I just get that a little higher? doing home buyer workshops, home buyer webinars, inviting them to little happy hours or get-togethers at my office? How do I keep them more engaged because it's such a long sometimes process to find a house depending on your market? Okay. Now, I've just talked about weekly, monthly, quarterly. So monthly, I do a SWOT, strength, weakness, opportunities, threats, with my team. So when I'm with them, we talk about uh, you know, where are we strong right now? What are some of our weaknesses? What's some of the opportunities that we have right now? And what's some of the threats coming up? But I do that monthly. It's the first Friday of the next month we go over for the previous month. And I go over lead tracker, the conversion, the closings, the pyramid of the people that we're getting business from, the VIP list, the target list. I mean, it's a hall including business meeting. It's like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. It's not crazy. But it keeps us all so on point. You can't, like, we're constantly just maneuvering this ship, right? And if you're doing annual check-ins, it's just too long. So you got to make sure you're doing it that way. Uh, let's see. Last thing I'll say is just make sure you're having fun. 
So scheduling fun at your office. We talk about it, but make sure you're having monthly celebrations. And, you know, let's say your your goal is 10 closings, 15 closings, 20 closings, whatever the number is, right? Make it attainable. So you can have a bigger number that you have with your coach that says, dude, I'm doing 20 deals. But your goal with the crew might be 15. What I do is the beginning of the month, I get with everybody and say, how many are we closing as a branch? And when they say uh, 60, I said, okay, 20% follow-up means 12, so that's 48. How about we make that the number? 48, and we go do something. And we'll go bowling. We'll go to do, like, escape the room. We'll go shooting. We did archery one time. But you got to be having fun. And maybe it's fun like a monthly potluck. Maybe it's fun like I've got razor scooters in my office. I've got cornhole in my office. I've got the little bouncy balls. I've got a dartboard, putting in a ping pong table. It's have fun because that keeps the stress down. And when the stress is down, you're just more productive. It's just been proven in too many studies. If you're uptight and stressed and ugh, you just you get sick, you don't feel good, you're not at the top of your game. All right, so go ahead, and I want you to write down a question. I'm going to have Stephanie open it up again. I want to hit star one to get in to the call. Um, another thing I'll tell you about the fun part is you got to be doing surveys, and you can just use, like, SurveyMonkey. It makes it anonymous, and send out the core culture test to your team, to your office, and have them rate you as a leader, rate your company, you know, just it's a great step on the scale. I do it quarterly. You could do it semi-annually, but again, I'd rather make correction quickly. I want people, I have a comment box in my break room that we break open every month. I just open it up, look at the comments, and I mean, I've had people say, you know, we want almond milk. I'm like, great, we'll get almond milk. They don't want to tell me they want almond milk? Just tell me. But they have to put on a little card and put it in a little secret box. Whatever it takes. But I want to make sure that everyone's happy. So if it's put it in a box, put it in a box. I like to think I'm fun and approachable, but no, not. They still have to put it in the little box. So making sure you have those avenues for them to communicate anonymously so that they can be heard. And even if the question's like, yeah, we want to have an indoor basketball court. I'll say, hey, guys, I got the comment for indoor basketball court. Not in the budget right now, but you were heard. you got to make sure they're heard. All right, guys, Stephanie, do we have anybody in the queue? Yes, we do have AJ. Your line is open. Thanks a lot. Hey, Greg, uh, AJ in Dallas. Two questions. Mm-hmm. Calling past clients. So let's yeah. say it's, you know, I don't know, anniversary call, whatever. So cool. scripting around that. And the other is in front of a CPA, I've got the appointment through a realtor buddy of mine, talk track when you're in front of a CPA. So I've already got in front of them? No, we're we're setting the appointment. So I'm going to get in front of this CPA, and I'm like, okay, what do I say once I'm in front of me? So once, okay, so I'll I'll just do two because some people will not be in front of them. So here's me. I will Google a zip code and put CPA eight five two five three and get a list, and then I call one and I say, Hey AJ, it's Greg with Nova Home Loans. I, hey man, I literally Googled you. You were one of the top in my area. I do mortgages, and I want to be able to refer you some business. I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee and see what an ideal referral is for you. Do you have time this week? So that's me trying to get the appointment. Now, that's a financial planner. That's a CPA, right? Hey, 
I li- this is a cold call. I literally found you on Yelp, Google. You got great reviews. I do mortgages. I close about 300 loans a year. I need a great CPA to refer deals to, and I want to find out what an ideal referral is for you. Do you have time to meet tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, whatever? Does that help? That's huge. Thank you. Okay. Now, in the meeting, I'm asking, how'd you get into this? Did you go to school? Wow, your accountant? Wow, you seem pretty cool. They kind of have that nerdy vibe. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Hey, so what is an ideal referral? You like families? You like businesses? You only do audits? What, what's the deal? Okay, great. Somehow the conversation is going to come around to, well, yeah, what do you do? Or how can I help? I'd love to refer you. Oh, that's great. Here's how to refer me. Awesome. Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you constantly, like, stay in touch with your database? Like, do you call people or do they just come back? Oh, they come back. What percentage come back? Like, how many people did you file last year? Oh, I filed 400. Well, of the 400, how many came back this year? I don't know. Oh, you should track that. Mm. Or what do they say? Uh, oh, yeah, well, nah, not all of them, man. I mean, some just go away. I don't know. Oh, well, let me teach you. Can I teach you a program? This is something that I do. It's called the letter of the week. So if all week after tax season, like tax season's over, and you just parcel out your people, and you just alphabetize them, and you say, hey, I'm going to call the A's this week. Everyone with the last name A, I'm going to call. You block out an hour and a half, and you call the A's. Hey, how's it going? I'm just checking in. I know we already filed your taxes two weeks ago. I just wanted to check in and see how life is. Or, hey, I'm going to have a tax planning workshop so that next year you don't have the same stuff as this year. A lot of stuff's changed with the tax season. How would you like to come to my tax class? Do you think you would be able to retain and, oh, wait, what if what if before you hung up the call you said, hey, by the way, I'm always looking to help more families just like you. Could you refer me one person in 2019 to help tax plan for them for 2020? Oh, that's so amazing of you. Thank you. So I'm coaching them on exactly what we're doing, which that's exactly the script for your past client calls too, is I'm checking in with them. How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, can I count on you to refer me one person? It's the program, right? The same thing we teach. But is that something that you think that you, if you told a CPA, if he did it, he would get more business? I love that. I think it's huge. Hey, he's going to retain his own clients. He's going to get more. Now, going to the past client calls, same thing. Hey, hey, Johnny, it's Greg Nova. Hey, man, congratulations. Dude, it's been a year. Oh, my gosh. Wow. What do you, hey, well, happy New Year, by the way. What did you do over the New Year? Oh, that's cool. Did you spend Christmas in the house I helped you get, or did you go somewhere else? Oh, that's cool. Hey, any plans for spring break with the kids? Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, we're going to go up and try to go skiing, too. Oh, that's fun. Hey, you done any improvements to the house or anything? All right. Hey, I mean, I'm look, just so you know, I mean, I always do reviews anyways on these. I'm looking. I mean, everything looks great. Looks like I was appreciated a little bit. Rate solid. Um, I mean, do you have any unwanted revolving debt or anything you got to get rid of or any improvements you want to do down the road? No? Okay. Well, hey, did you enjoy the experience with my team? You loving the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Hey, could you do me a huge favor? I'm always looking to grow my business. I love working with you. And, man, if you could refer me just one person in 2019 that's looking to buy a house or maybe needs to refinance or just a mortgage review or something, man, that would be awesome. Would Would you be able to do that for me? I knew I could count on you. Thanks, man. Hey, I'm going to text you my contact card just so it just sticks top of mind in your phone. Just save that. And then if any, if anyone talks anything about real estate, mortgages, just shoot it my way. Dude, I appreciate it. Thanks again, man. Well, hey, look, you need anything. I mean, we're coming into pool season. You need my pool guy to come over, free chemical check, free water check, free equipment check. He'll come on my dime. You want your landscape checked out, roofer, tile guy, you just do home, home housekeeper, whatever. You let me know. All right, man. Have a great day. So you gotta you gotta hang on those calls. You gotta like be impactful, 
right? You got to offer them more and more value. Check in on the house. Hey, no, no big deal. I've been looking at your mortgage here. You look pretty good, unless you got unrevolving debt or some stuff you want to do to the house. Does that help? I love it. Thanks. You're welcome. Dev, I think we've got time for one more. At this time, there are no additional callers in the question queue. How perfect is that? Well, look, thank you, Stephanie, and thank you, everyone, for jumping on. If you have questions on any of the stuff I've brought up, you can just email your concierge at the core. They'll have notes from the call. If there's any specific I mentioned any clarification on, you let me know, and thank you for being part of the core. Have a great day, and make sure you eat theme days. Bye.